Two new cases were added to the cluster infection in China Airlines over the weekend. Case number 1183, a flight instructor for the airline, was overlooked by the Central Epidemic Command Center because he came into contact with case number 1153 just one hour after the contact tracing list was finalized. It was learned that before he had any symptoms, the flight instructor was giving lessons to other trainees over a period of three days. Experts are calling for patients' contact history to be traced back further to prevent such a mishap. The latest addition to the China Airlines cluster infection has been identified. Case number 1183 was in close contact with case number 1153 during flight simulator training, but had slipped through the cracks since the two interacted just an hour after the authorities finalized the contact tracing list. Many doctors believe the case underscores the importance of a more in-depth outbreak investigation. If, for example, they had close interaction, in other words, no social distancing like a handshake or face-to-face -face conversation while less than two meters apart in a closed space, these are all investigative factors to be taken into consideration. According to China Medical University Hospital Deputy Chief Dr. Huang Gaoping, the current outbreak investigation procedures are much too rigid. Time should not be the only factor to consider. Spatial parameters should also be taken into account. He said it's better to overcompensate than miss that one in a thousand. Dr. Huang Liming, chief of National Taiwan University Children's Hospital, remarked that no one can be sure of exactly when their symptoms started to show up, so the investigation window should be adjusted. Instead of a two-day period, the investigation window should be expanded to include those that came in contact half a day to a day earlier. Because in a simulator, the space is relatively cramped. I heard of his whereabouts after. It seemed that this instructor still gave lessons, so everyone is actually quite nervous. If the authorities can conduct immediate screenings, for example, or help in some ways, that may help minimize feelings of anxiety and fear. The former pilot pointed out that in a simulator training session, the space is shared by at least three people. Flight attendants may also join the classes, so a one-hour gap could significantly increase the risk of community of infection. Meanwhile, according to an unnamed source who works in Novotel, the hotel waitstaff only wore disposable raincoats when delivering meals, which is inadequate as PPE. Additionally, there was not enough time to thoroughly sterilize the rooms between guests. Doctors think that this could increase the risk for staff to come into contact with the virus. If you repeat the use of disposable raincoats, you must be sure to sterilize them thoroughly because the point of putting on PPE is to prevent active viruses from transferring onto clothing, so you would not touch the viruses by accident and get contact infection. Now that more cases have been added to the Novotel cluster, doctors think the observation period should be extended by another 14 days. If no more new cases emerge by the 22nd, the doctors can then breathe a sigh of relief. On Mother's Day, the famous Sijie Fuda Temple in Yilan gave senior volunteer facial masks. 
That was the first time many of the senior citizens had ever tried one, feeling extra pampered on this special day. Meanwhile, on the second floor of this gas station in Yilan's Zhuangwei Township, an arts and crafts classroom had been set up for moms to make their own Japanese herbariums. The dry flowers suspended in mineral oil look all the more beautiful when lit up with LED lights. Unusual events this Mother's Day made the day very special for some moms in the northeastern county. In central and southern Taiwan, green iguanas have become such a problem that officials are offering rewards for locals to kill them. In tonight's Sunday special report, we put the spotlight on a non-native species that was first introduced as an exotic pet and has since become a nuisance with a cash bounty over its head. This town where Zuki beans are grown is Pingdong County's Wandan Township. We are joined by National Pingdong University of Science and Technology researcher, Associate Professor Chen Tianxi, who has brought us here to look in the irrigation channels. Chen tells us to keep our eyes sharp and to be light on our feet. Seemingly agitated by our footsteps, we notice iguanas that appear to be alert to our presence. In a flash, one of them disappears through a hole in a stone wall. With the others still appearing agitated, Chen slows down his pace and approaches quietly. Moments later, only one iguana is remaining on the wall and it looks ready to run off. After it is caught, the last remaining iguana stares sharply at its surroundings. It looks ready to attack, as if simply waiting for the right opportunity. Mostly, when there is a change in the temperature, especially in the winter, early in the morning before the sun comes up, they will wait for the temperature to warm up before they will come out. When their nest has been disturbed, iguanas will be on high alert. We decide to move on and continue our hunt elsewhere. Its belly is bulging. Inside, it's filled with eggs. They will be laid soon. In the south, roughly from the end of February until the end of April, the start of May is a spawning season. The larger the iguana, the more eggs it will lay. The smaller ones will lay about 20-odd eggs, and the larger ones will lay 70 to 80 eggs. Our adversary all morning has been this creature, the green iguana, a species native to South America. The green iguana is indigenous to areas from southern Mexico all the way down to Argentina and northern Brazil. Basically, it belongs to the tropics. It is a tropical animal. How did it end up in Taiwan? 
Well, in the international pet market, it is one of the most widely sold reptiles. There are millions of them sold annually. In 2001, Taiwan began allowing the import of the green iguana, which led to a surge in their popularity among Taiwanese pet owners. The delicate appearance of baby iguanas captures hearts. However, in adulthood, they can grow as large as two meters. They continuously grow until they become adults. When their bodies are fully developed, sometimes pet owners feel they aren't cute anymore or they just don't like them anymore. They may end up just releasing them into the wild. Green iguanas primarily live in the plains where they don't have any natural predators. When they get released in the wild, they breed very quickly. Their numbers multiply at lightning speed. Much of central and southern Taiwan is open country, most of it farmland. Since there are so many crops, there is plenty of food for the iguanas. Add to this the fact that these animals are out in the wild with no natural predators. They end up breeding very quickly. In the countryside, there's now a large feral population of green iguanas. Pingdong, Kaohsiung, and Jiayi are where most of them are found, and some can be spotted in Hualien and Taidong. They have been a disaster for farmers. Iguanas are herbivores, and they mostly eat vegetables and fruit. They feast on farmers' fields as if digging into a buffet. Take a look at the peanuts. As you can see, this side here hasn't been eaten by them. When they show up, they come out of the irrigation channel over there. When they climb out of the channel, they start to eat. But when people show up, they get scared off. So that side there was eaten by them, and I replanted it. The difference between where they fed and where they didn't feed is right there. A green iguana will survey the terrain to look for food and will then gorge itself once it finds what it's looking for. At their wit's end, farmers have no option but to seek assistance from the county government, hoping that someone with expertise can remove the iguanas from the land. They've scattered now. Normally what we do in this situation is, we keep searching for them. When animals scatter, they won't always come out of hiding. That's the biggest challenge when you're trying to get rid of them. The green iguana invasion is most serious in central and southern Taiwan. Two years ago, Pingdong County caught more than 4,000 of the animals. Last year, it caught nearly 8,000, the most anywhere in the country. In fact, Last year, the Council of Agriculture declared the green iguana an ecologically and environmentally destructive invasive species. Therefore, anyone who, since before November 30th last year, has been keeping a green iguana as a pet must register it with the government. So far, the total number of registrants has only reached just over 40. Between the number of pet iguanas out there and the number registered, there is still quite a gap. To get the wild iguana population under control, the Pingdong County government has encouraged the public to help catch them. Some local governments have offered cash for captured iguanas, but the rewards don't always have their intended effect. 
Over the past few years, other counties and municipalities have offered rewards to deal with the situation, but the results haven't been good. There have even been people breeding and raising iguanas and bringing those to the government for a reward. Under such circumstances, it is impossible to bring their numbers down. So instead, we are offering local agricultural products as an incentive for people who capture iguanas. We are exchanging agricultural products for iguanas. Offering this reward has had the added benefit of supporting farmers' incomes. Manually capturing iguanas is slow and tedious work, whereas green iguanas reproduce quickly in the wild. Local officials are still on the search for a more effective way to deal with the iguana population. We hired academics to come look at the issue and to see if there is a better method. At the moment, our plan is more or less just to use manual labor. If we use some type of chemical solution, there are concerns about environmental pollution. This is one thing we have to consider. To catch wild iguanas, some people use slingshots and others use bow and arrows. Others catch the iguanas and tie them up, throwing them in a pile. Experts urge against causing the iguanas undue suffering. To breathe, it relies on the opening of its respiratory tract, which is located behind its tongue. The closure of that air pathway, along with the movement of its chin, is connected to bones in its tongue. When you tie it up with rubber bands, you are constraining those tongue bones, making it very difficult for the iguana to breathe. If you need to constrain it for a short time, that's no problem. But if you constrain it for too long, that is basically a form of abuse. The green iguana has thrived in Taiwan as well as it does in its native environment. However, the problems it causes for Taiwan's environment and its farmers serve as an important reminder of the fragility of the nation's ecosystem and the threat presented by invasive species. Well, it was sunny and warm for most of the island on Mother's Day, and such balmy weather will continue for the next 7 to 10 days, according to the Central Weather Bureau. Now, that would be welcoming news if it weren't for the drought. Reservoirs in central and southern Taiwan are running low, and now all hopes are on the southwest monsoon, which won't arrive until the second half of May. On this Mother's Day, the sun was hanging high up in the sky. It was sunny and cloudy over the entire island. Only parts of the north and northeast had scattered brief showers. This kind of hot weather is expected to continue for the next 7 to 10 days, and that only bodes ill for the water supply in central and southern Taiwan. The main reason is that although in the north of Taiwan, as far as today is concerned, there is a front over the sea in the north, but lately the subtropical high pressure has been pretty strong, so it's more difficult for the front to move towards Taiwan. The high pressure system in the south is keeping the weather front at bay, leaving Taiwan at the mercy of the scorching sun. In the coming week, Northern and eastern regions will see highs of 29 to 31 degrees. Central and southern regions may see temperatures reach 35 degrees. Precipitation, if any, will only come in the form of afternoon thundershowers in mountainous regions, and this will only add insult to injury to the ongoing drought. Baoshan Reservoir is only 12.3% full, Mingde Reservoir is at less than 10%, and Deji a mere 3.2%. The Central Weather Bureau said the next wave of heavy rainfall will not likely arrive until late May. 
we still have to wait until the southwest monsoon is established, when there are more favorable conditions for upper and lower layers, which are conducive to extended and large-scale rainfall. Traditionally, this occurs in late May, so I am afraid we still have to wait until the end of May for the central and southern regions to get any inkling of rain. Not only are the central and southern reservoirs running low, Shimen Reservoir, the main water supplier for Taoyuan, Xinzhou, and New Taipei, is down to just 17.6% capacity. In response, Linko and Taoyuan have extended the water pressure reduction period from nighttime to the entire day. District offices are planning to set up 23 temporary water supply stations in anticipation for the long haul. With the water situation becoming dire, it is battle station for all local governments on the island.